Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Ooh, I still get goosebumps hearing that intro, which was voiced by my co-producer, Ryan Treasure, VP of Operations at World Talk Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 welcome. If you've been listening to me over the years, and many of you have on SAP Game Changers Radio, you know the number of welcomes equals the number of guests I have. And today we have five. We have a really cool topic. I'm going to start off with my opening, which is today's buzz. So bear with me, and then I'll have my special guests introduce themselves. So I have some information here from ClickZ, C-L-I-C-K-Z dot com. They say that 44% of shoppers indicated they would become repeat buyers after a personalized experience. Aha. And adoption of AI, that's artificial intelligence by marketers, is expected to increase by over 250% over the next two years. So that quote approaches the consumer side and the retailer side. Let's do another quote here. We have some reports from smartdatacollective.com and they say retailers are saying goodbye to intuitive guessing based on old school data gathering methods to convert customers. Welcome to the age of machine learning in retail. And I have one more report here from howtotoken.com and they say artificial intelligence and big data data are being applied in new ways across the entire retail product and service cycle from assembly to post-sale customer service interactions. And according to Gartner, they mention by 2020, hey, that's about 48 days away from now, AI chatbots will manage 85% of customer interactions in retail. I have five experts on the panel. I want to get to them and have them introduce themselves. Our topic today is, is AI, artificial intelligence, humanizing the retail customer experience or not? Hmm, that's an interesting question on the table. So let me just tell you who my special guests are, and then we'll hear from them. Gray Scott, back from Futuristic Now. Always happy to have Gray. He's one of my go-to futurists of all time, and he knows that. We have Kashif Ramatula from Deloitte, welcoming him as a new panelist. Roger Roney at SAP. He calls himself 007. We'll find out why. He's back. Chip Kleinhexel at Deloitte. Hasn't been on with me for years. Welcome back, Chip. And Brian Kilcourse, another regular on everything retail at Retail Systems Research. Gentlemen, and thank you for joining me and welcome. Gray Scott, why don't you take about 90 seconds and bring us up to date on what you've been up to. Thanks for having me, Bonnie. Um, so I've been working hard on a couple of projects um, and on my show, Futuristic Now, that's on YouTube. Um, and I'm speaking at NASA next week, so that should be interesting. And uh, part of what I've been uh, moving towards, Bonnie, and we haven't even really talked about this, is... Um, I've been moving towards understanding this climate crisis that we're dealing with, and so there's some mm-hmm. there's some projects that I'm working on around climate crisis coming up. Thank you very much. That's interesting. What will you be speaking on at NASA? That's an important gig, Gray. What what's the topic? <laughs> uh, I'm talking about the 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 idea of mirror world. It's mm-hmm. sort of VR, AR, you know, simulating, digitizing. Um, real-world assets. 
Fascinating. And we know that you're one of the go-to futurists around the world. And congratulations on that gig. Thrilled to have you back. Let's move around the table to one of our newcomer on the panel, Kashif Ramatola at Deloitte. Kashif, please introduce yourself to our audience. Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for thanks for having me um, and uh, excited to be part of this uh, show for the first time. Uh, Thank so you. Kashif Ramatola. I'm a partner at Deloitte. Um, uh, in a business we call customer and marketing. Uh, so everything we do all day, every day is think about how to engage with the customer, um, you know, attract the customer, retain the customer, and how the technology can enable a humanizing experience uh, while elevating that human experience um, throughout the process. Um, so thinking through the touch points uh, that a consumer goes through in their buying process, in the post-buying process, and how technology, including AI and ML, uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence, can play a role in, in creating that humanizing experience. So I've um, been in the firm uh, for about 10 years, uh, in the industry for about 23 years, uh, and I also um, have the pleasure of uh, leading our SAP C4HANA uh, practice globally. So uh, excited to be here. Thanks for having me again. Thank you. And I have to do a shout out to our good mutual friend, Carla Neal Slavin at Deloitte, who always helps bring wonderful people and Helen Thomas bring wonderful people to our shows. Appreciate it. Roger Roney, you were on recently, as recently as last week, but why don't you reintroduce yourself, 007? Go ahead. Hi, Bonnie. Thanks very much for this. Yeah, I am a pre-sales person at uh, SAP and I've been at uh, pre-sales my entire career. I run a global pre-sales effort um, where I keep my ear to the ground uh, as far as the field activities are concerned, what our customers are asking for, what they're looking for, and where they're going in the next several years. I've been doing this in retail and consumer products since 1993. Uh, the 007 part is that I joined initially back in 1993 with a company called Intactics, which is a mm-hmm. major planar, planogram player in the market. And I was the seventh employee. And uh, yes, you guessed it. That was my employee number, <laughs> 007. I spent 16 years then at JDA uh, and then six years with a forecasting company out of Switzerland called SAF before I joined SAP. My specialties have been category management and demand forecasting. And I have been working recently on moving um, the business towards integrating experience with operations in order to create a unified kind of experience management, because we'll find in the future that the more we personalize and mm-hmm. connect with our customers, the yep. more we're going to find the influence in uh, efforts like c- category management being influenced by these experiences. So we won't be operating strictly on operational data, but we'll be operating in a, an environment that is operational and mixed with experience. Thank you very much. I'm glad you brought that into the conversation in your bio. Thank you, Roger. Welcome back. Chip Klein-Hexel, it's been way too long. Have you been? And reintroduce yourself to the audience, please, Chip. Hey, Bonnie. Great to be back. Um, Thank my you. My name is Chip Klein-Hexel. I'm a partner with Deloitte as well as Kashif. Uh, I'm out of our enterprise performance practice focusing on SAP, where I, I lead uh, large <clears throat> S4HANA um, implementations as well as <clears throat> the rest of SAP's suite of products uh, focus a lot on our assets and things we can bring to bear when it comes to SAP. So I, I currently lead our strategy for what we call our assets and platforms, where we're looking to leverage SAP Leonardo, bring together machine learning and AI um, to deliver assets that our, our clients can use uh, in conjunction with S4HANA. 
also work on programs with partners like my friend Kashif, where we look to expand the end-to-end experience where we can build a core ERP on S4HANA that can enable that digital experience for the customers leveraging tools like C4. So really excited to be here and excited to talk with everyone. Thank you, Chip. Welcome back. Brian Kilcoris also was on last week, a similar topic on, on retail, and now we're approaching it from the humanizing the customer experience opportunities for retailers. Brian, just pretend nobody knows you. Start from scratch. Who are you? <laughs> well, thanks, Bonnie. It's uh, great to hear your voice again and, uh, Thank and you. <laughs> my colleagues on this call. I'm one of the managing partners at RSR Research. We're a firm that focuses on the business use cases that drive technology adoption. So, of course, one of the things that we're very, very interested in is how retailers are consuming new data types um, with using AI, of course, uh, so that they can uh, transform their businesses in the way that consumers want them to. Um, I've been a retail technologist uh, since 1970, believe it or not. Uh, I've got my first job um, uh, in retail back in the days when uh, the, <laughs> the idea of a, a computer-based anything was relatively new. And I was lucky. I was one of those guys that um, uh, expressed interest in computing when you didn't have to have any skills. You just had to have curiosity. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was a CIO for many years and then, uh, and then went on to start this business with my partners. This is a real important topic, and uh, we believe that, uh, that AI is one of those transformative technologies that come along only once in a great while. But it'll have a huge impact on not just uh, retail, but the entire environment, the business environment. Thank you, Brian. Words of wisdom. We have two sponsors on the show today, and I'm about to to do the first ad. But before I do that, I want to give our listeners, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about AI goes shopping. Is AI, in fact, humanizing the retail customer experience? You, all of you out there, and we have listeners all over the world, we had over 50,000 of you listening last month, and we are so proud to have you on board listening to Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. But you're all shopping somewhere, whether it's brick and mortar, whether it's online, you all have some kind of experience, and now we have this innovative, helping, enabling technology called artificial intelligence. Is it helping your experience? Is it hurting your experience? Is it making you feel like you're being treated as a person rather than a number or somebody in a database? That's the question on the table today. I just want to read three examples of how AI in, is in action. Then I'm going to do the ad. We have a very special sponsor today, and then we'll get back to the opening quotes my special panelists have sent me. So listen up, everybody. The Mall of America uses a chatbot named Elf, E period, L period, F period, to assist shoppers in navigating their vast complex. So you may not be aware of it, but it's there and it's doing something helping people get around. Here's another one. Nordstrom tracks Pinterest pins. Come on, a lot of you are using Pinterest. Nordstrom tracks Pinterest pins to identify trending products and then promotes these products in its physical brick-and-mortar stores. So that means Nordstrom is listening to you, watching you, seeing what you like and what you want them to have in their stores to be available to you. And the third example is Swedish interior giant IKEA. Come on, everybody has wandered the halls of IKEA at some point or another. They feature image recognition and augmented reality, known as AR, where customers can scan cash 
catalog items and virtually place the items in their own homes to see what they would look like. Oh, if I had only had this when I bought that too big couch about 10 years ago, it was delivered. It consumed my entire living room. I had to pay a return fee to have the vendor come and bring it back and ordered another couch. If only I had had that virtual. On that note, I'm now going to launch it to our ad. We're welcoming back Zapier. If you've never heard of them, let me tell you about them. Growing a business is hard, especially when you're spending hours every day moving data from your emails to your spreadsheets to your CRM, wherever you need it. Shouldn't that just happen without you having to lift a finger? Well, more than 4.5 million business people are already saving an average of 40 hours a month by using Zapier. I bet my five panelists would appreciate that if they're not already using it. Let me tell you a little more. Zapier is the easiest way to automate your work. You build your own customized workflow with a few clicks. Zapier connects all your business software and does the work for you so you can pay attention to the priorities that will really run your business. You can stick with the tools you know. Let me give you some examples. Zapier integrates with apps like Facebook Lead Ads, Slack, QuickBooks, Google Sheets and Google Docs and many others. So you set a trigger for when you, for example, when you want an email in Gmail is coming in and when that email comes in, the trigger goes off. It goes to an action that copies the attachment from that Gmail into your Dropbox. Then it sets an alert in Slack to notify you about the new Dropbox file. It's really easy. There's a simple fill-in-the-blank setup point, click, automate. You go from your idea to a workflow in a matter of clicks and minutes. Are you ready to try Zapier? I want to hear from my five panelists. Everybody say yes together. One, two, three. Yes. Yes, 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 there you go. Well, we've got a special link for, <laughs> we've got a special link for listeners. Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash revolution, because the show is technology revolution. Connect the apps you love the most and let Zapier take it from there. They have more than 50. 1,500 business applications on board, so the possibilities are virtually endless. You don't need a developer. You don't need to write code. You can just do it on your own. So right now through November, coming up soon, try Zapier free by going to Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash revolution. I'll spell that R-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N for a free 14-day trial. That's Zapier dot slash Revolution. Dapier.com slash revolution. We always leave that dot com out. Thank you very much. Okay, gentlemen, that sounded interesting. Now let's go around the table and find out what opening quotes my panelists have sent me. Gray Scott, you're up first. And Gray has sent us a quote from Darl Dolores from Westworld. You're going to have to explain that for us. The quote is, a strange new light can be just as frightening as the dark. Gray, I would expect nothing less than an, an, an enigmatic quote you would select. So tell me, what does this mean for our topic on AI and shopping? <clears throat> well, I think it's interesting because Dolores, the character in Westworld, she is an AI, and she's giving wisdom, this line of wisdom, uh, to a human in the show. And I think that's where we're headed. We're headed towards AI that understands context, that understands emotional um, context, and, and can read facial expressions and pull from that your desires. And that's, that's really what this, this idea is, is that the machines may turn out to be the wise ones in, this, in these scenarios. 
Okay, very interesting. Yes, dark and new light, that certainly can be. We all know change is very, very difficult for a lot of people to accept. Thank you, Gray. Kashif has sent us, Kashif Ramatullah at Deloitte has sent us a quote that is debatable where the source was, Kashif, but uh, a lot of people think it came from Abraham Lincoln. It came from all kinds of people, but it looks like it came from Dennis Gabor's 1963 book called Inventing the Future, and Gabor was awarded a Nobel Prize in Physics because he worked on holography, holograms. Here's the quote. We love this one. The best way to predict the future is to create it. Kashif, how does this relate to our topic, please? Yeah, I mean, to me, um, you know, there's there's a lot of information um, and data that's floating around uh, in, in organizations and companies, but how do you actually leverage that data to understand what's going on today to so that you can predict the future. Uh, it's really analyzing that data and leveraging the technology solutions that we now have at our disposal that, that we didn't even have access to maybe even five years ago uh, to, to, to understand the consumer, to understand the behaviors, to predict based on patterns. And that's what this quote kind of really means to me is we can do something today to really take advantage of the information we have today to predict that future. Uh, that is perfect because the title of the show is Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. And as, as the gentleman in the intro said, the future of now hasn't happened yet because now is right now. So the future is after I finish that sentence. So your quote is absolutely perfect. Thank you so much. Roger Roney, we're moving quickly around the table here. Roger has sent us a quote from Oscar Wilde. I love this. Be yourself. Everybody else is taken. Roger, what does this have to do with AI and shopping? Oh, it has everything to do with personalization. It's all mm-hmm. about personalization. I have my own journey. You have your own, your own journey. And what others have done or whatever they've experienced or expressed interest in is everybody else as far as this quote is concerned. But my journey is my own. And retailers that recognize this and understand me and my journey as opposed to other people and their journey are going to get my business and they're going to continue to get my business going forward as they understand me as opposed to what they understand for everybody else. Thank you very much. I love it. That's that's one of my favorite quotes. Next one up is, let's see, Chip has sent us a quote. Oh, Chip, you sent me a quote that you thought was anonymous, but I, you know me, I Googled it and I found out that Bill Murray, the actor, comedian, uh, film actor, has put this on Twitter and many other people have posted it on Pinterest. It's actually a meme. Here it is, everybody. This is really cool. The year is 2060. iPhone 842 is released. The screen touches you. Chip, what in the world is this all about? Am I supposed to be scared? No, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a good tongue-in-cheek uh, it's great. Uh, quote, right? Illustrating just the the inter- interaction between humans and and machines and robotics. And it, it, it shows that, that balance between as the topic is on humanizing, right, and AI, it shows that balance that we have to continue to strike between the technology we have and how we interact with it. And in terms of retail shopping, it, it, it'll continue to go there, where how do we allow, you know, AI to personalize us in our journey in terms of how we go and our consumers. So I thought that was pretty good. Thank you very much. Just explain to me the part about the screen touches you. Is is, is the screen jumping off to actually physically touch you, or is it? An, Bonnie, that's what do you think? For us to figure out in twenty sixty. That's for us <laughs> to figure out in twenty sixty. 
So. Okay. Well, we're on the verge of 2040, and I can safely predict that I won't be here. So who, who is going to reach out? I don't mean just not on the radio. I won't be around. So some one of you, please reach out to me across the great divide to the other side and tell me what the screen is doing for iPhone 842. Gray, maybe you'll be the one to reach out and tell me, okay? Will you do that? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Great thing. She's losing it. Okay. Let's move to quote from Brian Kilcourse. Brian has sent us a quote from Napoleon Bonaparte when told of Robert Fulton's steamboat. Listen up, everyone. This is cool. How, sir, would you make a ship sail against the wind and currents by lighting a bonfire under her deck? I pray you excuse me. I have not had the time to listen to such nonsense. Oh, Brian, I love this. Where'd you find it? Well, I was uh, looking for quotes about the future that went famously wrong. So (laughs) this one, uh, Napoleon kind of missed the boat figuratively. and uh, and Literally. Mm. (laughs) Well, I like this one a lot because, uh, and we encounter this a lot in our, in our, in our work, that the enemy of the, of, of, of moving forward is the, the infamous phrase, it's the way we've always done it. And mm-hmm. retailers are particularly prone to this kind of a thing. I remember one retailer saying to me, we've done the same thing for 60 years. Are you trying to tell me that it's not the right way to do it? <laughs> I thought, well, the nerve. Well, actually, that's what I'm trying to tell you, yes. Um, that uh, happens far, far too often. I love the quote. Thank you. I don't think we've had a Napoleon Bonaparte quote on the show yet. Gentlemen, it's time for me to introduce... Our new sponsor, and I'm going to get a yes from all five of you on cue, okay? We are welcoming Intuit QuickBooks to the show. Let me give you a little intro here. Technology helps us do so many amazing things. It really hits home when you think of how we used to do stuff or how Napoleon used to do stuff. If you're a small business owner, and I know many of our listeners around the world are, you know this is true from dealing with your financial management. Are you still using pen and paper? Are you still using Excel? Well, you have to check out Intuit QuickBooks. Here's why. It's a hub for your business. You manage the entire workflow from the first estimate to the final payment. Using Intuit QuickBooks saves you time, money, and hassles because all of your financial management needs are in one place. It's a one-stop shop. We're talking about shopping today. It's simple. You won't have to learn how to use thousands of tools and software. You know how hard that learning curve can be. Intuit QuickBooks does it all. It's the one tool you need and you will be more productive. Intuit QuickBooks makes payday easy. Run your payroll, get this, in less than five minutes. That's right, less than five minutes with Intuit QuickBooks Payroll. They have easy setup, access hours, and pay employees and contractors in one place. Submit your payroll for the whole team right up to the day before payday. And your employees can view their pay stubs anytime on the online employee portal. Who doesn't love that? And finally, Intuit QuickBooks gives you technology you can trust, and it's all about trust today. And that's part of what we're going to talk about in our topic as I go around the table with predictions from my guests on AI and the retail experience. You can rest easy knowing that every paycheck is correct with Intuit QuickBooks, payroll tax calculations. They do them for you. File and pay federal and state taxes yourself, or QuickBooks will handle it for you. QuickBooks will resolve any filing errors and pay the penalty fees, too. Whoa, because they give you a 100% penalty-free guarantee. And who doesn't love that? Does everybody love that? Panelists say yes together. One, two, three. Yes. 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 There we go. Intuit QuickBooks, give it a try. Just paying your employees with Intuit QuickBooks payroll can save you an average of 600 bucks a year. That's good money. Learn more about smarter business tools at Intuit. 
dash m dot m e slash tech rev that's i n t u i t dot m e slash and tech rev i'll spell that t e c h r e v intuit dot m e slash tech rev and welcome to our sponsor now we're going to go around the table and we're going to find out what our esteemed panelists predict grace scott you're up first prediction number one it's going to go fast gentlemen take about oh 90 seconds or so let's see how many predictions we can get through grace says ai assistance will know what we desire before we know what we desire for example, new shoes will arrive before you even realize you want them. Oh, Gray, be still my heart. Explain, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that because um, we're sort of in a wash of data right now and we're, we're constantly putting out data points on ourselves without even really knowing it. For example, when you are carrying your phone, if you have location uh, settings enabled for any apps, those apps can track where you are. And there are reasons why they're doing this. Part of the reason is if they see that you've gone into a Nordstrom, if they see that you've gone into a Nina Marcus, or if they see that you've gone into a specialty shop, and they see that you've liked something on Instagram, that's a data point that they can factor into understanding what it is you're actually looking for and why you're looking for it. Now, there's, there's also our history. There mm-hmm. is behavioral yep. input. There's behavioral science behind this. And so when you, when you use AI to um, pull all of those data points together, what you start to understand is almost the unconscious desire that we have for certain things, certain colors, certain textures, uh, certain design uh, features and certain shapes. So if retailers know that, if they have access mm-hmm. to that information, <clears throat> it's very easy to predict that I'm not going, if, if I have a history of liking really textural fabrics, I'm not mm-hmm. going to like something that is shiny and slick. Or if I have a mid-century modern uh, aesthetic, I'm not going to like something uh, outside of that range. And so it's very easy to start to predict what we're going to like. Interesting. I have a story to share, but I don't want to take time away from the predictions. I'll email you the story about what I've been looking for and how I would have loved if a bunch of retailers had told me what they had instead of having to search over and over again. Let's go to Kashif Ramatula. He has sent us prediction number one. Experience management will be seamlessly embedded embedded in nearly every form of engagement and point of interaction. And he says it's something we call lead to loyalty. Kashif, please explain for us. Yeah, so, you know, the applicability of AI and machine learning in retail, I think, is probably probably the biggest industry where this could be applicable, especially given the consumer interaction, right? And, and leveraging AI and machine learning to predict customer actions, leveraging their historical patterns, you know, collected via first-party data or third-party data is something that we believe is coming, uh, right? Uh, Say you submitted an online question that was really, you know, uh, the bot really was reading between the lines and it, mm-hmm. it reads a complaint. Uh, you know, as a cognitive bot, you measure your value as your customer, as a customer, look at your history, you know, what value you've created for the company, uh, pull in other insights like transactions that you may have had or, or browsing that you may have done on a digital, uh, on a digital property or, or data from the stores if it's brick and mortar, and and really take action ahead of you even asking for it, right? So 
and what it does is it actually results in a in a in a pleasant experience for that customer where you actually uh, took pre predictive uh, action and pro you know proactive action, if you will, based on information that you collected about me as an individual. And it goes beyond kind of the personalization, you know, a personalized experience to more a relevant experience, right? And uh, and fulfilling that ahead of me asking you to do anything, uh, you know, is just going to create that loyalty to that brand, to that product. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's why we believe it's a full 360 uh, degree kind of solution where it's not just really lead to cash, but it's really lead to loyalty. And that loyalty part really is very critical for the future of retail. And very humanizing. Thank you very much, Kashif. And I have to tell everybody, Kashif is in Portugal today, and your phone connection is excellent. So we're very happy you're taking time out of your trip to join us. Thank you, Kashif. Roger Roney, prediction number one. Amazon, you put in quotes, owns the online buying experience. Retailers, quote, own the in-store experience, combining all the latest tech from artificial intelligence, machine learning, computer vision, Augmented reality, they will make shopping fun again. Oh, be still my heart. Roger, tell us more, please. <laughs> well, Bonnie, uh, when I use the word own there, I'm using it in the sense that my kids tend to use it, uh, which is uh, a very, very much millennial type of usage, which is you just take it into yourself. You own it yourself. And I think it's pretty clear that uh, Amazon owns that buying experience. When I am mm -hmm. going to look for something, Amazon is probably the best place for me to go look for it, to find the best price, the best, best vendor, to find additional information about the product. Is it fair traded? Um, is it, uh, did, did items perhaps, um, are they, uh, do they have richness of information attached to them? Retailers own the in-store experience, the physical store, the spaces that you can actually uh, uh, invest in and explore. Now, if retailers learn how to integrate the buying experience with the in-store experience, leveraging these technologies, um, they will make shopping fun again, and they, they will own the entire experience from beginning to end. In other words, start your journey online with your shopping, but complete it in the store, as it were, with upselling and everything that goes along with that. But it's key that I have this uh, AI and machine learning, understanding what it is that I, lo that I like. If I'm shopping online at a grocer and, and I'm looking for uh, protein-oriented products and they start showing me meat and I'm a vegan – I'm not going to probably come back there too often. So okay. knowing me through my history and what mm -hmm. I like and what I and how I can interpret that helps that shopping and buying experience being guided by the retailer and helping me along in my customer journey. As long as it doesn't feel like creepy stalking, right? As long as it doesn't feel like creepy stalking, and this is you know this is a fine line between when yes. it is uh, appreciated and when it is creepy. Okay. Yes. Um, and we face this in our business all the time. It's just yes. that fine dividing line. Thank you very much. Just had to mention that. Chip Klein-Hexel, your prediction number one. This is telling. Brick and mortar isn't going away in AI. Artificial intelligence will be a driver of that. Chip, tell me more. Yeah, so, Bonnie, you look, and in, in 2017, 2018, we were seeing, you know, many big, big box retail stores starting to shutter up. You watched Kmart close. You watched Toys R Us things of that nature. But if you start to look at 2019, what's been interesting is you see a lot of these online first stores, things like Allbirds, where they're venturing out into the retail space. And what I believe 
is really influencing that, right, is, is that people still want that experience. So similar to what Roger was just saying, the, the store still controls the overall experience, and people still want that to be able to look and feel and touch. Stores may not carry as much inventory as they used to, but they're still a great place. And what I think we'll see is that that online experience and the retail experience, it won't be one or the other. They'll start to coexist. Mm -hmm. How often do you go into a store where you have maybe your phone up and you're looking at the product and you're looking at where you can buy it, but at the same time you're looking at you touching it? I'm I'm like my dad. I have a consumer reports uh, subscription. I'm often looking at that at the same time that I'm in a store. So it's this kind of coexistence between online and retail that will continue to go. And then in addition to that, people want an efficient process. It's not that they don't want to go to stores. They just want it to be more efficient. They don't want to have to navigate around through a mall. They want to be able to go in, get it, get in and get out. And the ability now through AI to personalize for you so that when I walk in, I, they know and I know and they can start to you know, direct me into the store to say, hey, here's where these offerings are because based on what you like and where you go, this mm-hmm. is what you're going to buy. That experience and that efficiency that that can create is going to be key and is going to really um, continue to drive for brick and mortar moving forward. Thank you very much. And let's go to our prediction number one from Brian Kilcourse. Brian, I'm, I'm tempted to combine number one and two because I think they go together and I want to make sure we get time for this. So with your permission, I will. Brian says, AI will in fact change most of retailers' core processes faster than most think. And then he adds, retailers will be forced to move from a pure plan-to-sell model to more of a sense-and-respond model empowered by artificial intelligence, machine learning, and automated decision-making. Brian, you want to unpack this for us quickly? Well, sure. It's, there's a lot to unpack, and we could probably talk about this for hours, but I'll do it in 90 seconds. Um, <laughs> Thank you, The fact of the matter is, as we've been talking about, people are throwing off lots of what we call uh, digital breadcrumbs, and these digital mm-hmm. breadcrumbs can can be captured and can be analyzed to detect behavioral patterns, and then those patterns can be matched to models that retailers have to arrive at a next best action. So that's that's real. That's happening today, um, and the the value of this is that a retailer can then respond to that and to put something in front of the consumer that is highly relevant. It almost seems. I think I use the word in one of the other uh, phrases I use is almost intimate, very, very personal. Mm-hmm. But in fact, it's just highly relevant. And, and this gets to one of the consumer's big needs. They don't have enough time and frequently don't have enough money to go slogging through a whole bunch of inventory just to find the one thing that they really, really need. Um, we have the ability, based on looking at this behavioral data, to, to arrive at a recommended next best action that's going to seem really, really relevant. This is going to change retail fundamentally. When you think about how retailers go to go to market today, they go based on highly standardized assortments, highly standardized presentations, highly standardized prices and promos. And in fact, that was based on the fact that uh, you know when I was a, a CIO, we didn't have this highly relevant personal information. We just had sales in order to plan the next sale. So it wasn't about what consumers wanted to buy necessarily. It was what we had to sell. Nowadays, it's all about what consumers want to buy, and they're not interested in, in thinking of themselves as, mm-hmm. as part of a mass market. They think of themselves as a market of one. And so instead of this plan-to-sell model that we've been perfecting for the last uh, uh, generation or so, retailers have to move to a sense-and-respond one, where they sense demand as it's happening, and they respond in the most appropriate way 
for the consumer to get to that next best action. And that's a fundamental change. Uh, you know, in some of my moments, I think every single system that I had something to do with, in fact, uh, uh, systems that some of the guys on this call had been selling at one time or another, those all have to be tossed and they have to be replaced by something that's highly information-driven. It's a, it's a huge change. Thank you, Brian. Words of wisdom. Grace Scott, I'm around the table. Back to you. I want to combine your prediction number two and four. I think we can find a way to put those together because I want to make sure our listeners hear them both. You say, our personal AI assistance will move us from smart mirror to smart mirror. You will never shop alone again. And then I'm going to read number four, and you can pick them apart if you want. Haptics, and I need to know what those are. Haptics in AI sensorial shopping will play a huge role in the future. We want to feel the textures. Shopping is a sensorial experience. So, Gray, tell me more. So, the, the first part of that, the first part of the quote that you read, um, the AI assistants that we have today in our homes are still pretty stupid. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> they don't really, they don't, ha- they don't have the, ca- the capacity to follow us around without being prompted. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the future, they will. So, you know, AI assistants that are in our smart homes will become more like a family member and they'll understand context and they'll have the ability to read your face because there'll be micro cameras all over your house. And so we have to rethink how we think of these AI assistants in the future. Um, They're not going to stay linear. The intelligence is going to get much greater, much faster. And the ability to follow you in the real world is also going to happen. So if you leave your house, maybe the AI assistant that's in your house follows you to that big box retail store and it appears in the digital mirror that you stand in front of in the dressing room. And suddenly it's talking to you the same way it talks to you at home. So it's saying, "Mm, maybe you don't look good in that color or let me suggest three other different uh, designers or try this chair or maybe have you seen this... uh, this kitchen cabinet or whatever it is that you're looking for, that AI is going to move with you. Um, the, 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 the other thing here is that we have to remember that AI in the future, that the understanding of what it's doing is it's, it's personalizing um, the shopping experience. It, it is, it knows you in a way that maybe even some of your family members may not even know you because mm-hmm. If this is your personal AI, and we're not talking about the one that you share with your family, we may see divisions here in the future. We've talked about this before, Bonnie. We may see divisions where you have your own personal AI that knows things that maybe some of your family members don't know. And so that personalization will follow you throughout um, your shopping experience. Interesting. And what about the texture? Briefly tell me about that. I'm very intrigued by that. Yeah. Yes. Haptics are really interesting. I mean, we already have the capacity right now to feel textures on two-dimensional screens. Haptics, um, you know, the, the innovations around haptics are really remarkable. Um, you can feel textures on screens now with haptic-enabled screens. And uh, it, it's, it, it's complicated, but so, for example, the difference between um, a piece of wood and a carpet, you would be able to feel that difference on a haptic screen. I actually felt this. Um, there was a company at CES a couple of years ago, and I actually felt what it feels like. And they're using what's called micro skin stretch uh, technology, and it's just very minute changes hmm. uh, in where 
um, your fingers are actually um, feel the the movement on the screen. So it's it's a fascinating technology, and we're and that's just the crude version. We're going to see really advanced versions of haptics um, probably built into our computers in the next 10 to 15 years. Thank you. I'm planning to be around for that. Thank you very much. I want to touch the velvet brocade on my red boots that I wear when I drum. That I want to feel online. Thank you very much. Kasha from Matula, let's go to prediction number two. Interesting. You say we'll see more convergence in how we approach customer experience and workforce experience. Kasha, tell me more. Yeah, I mean, it's the, Bonnie, it's the notion of, uh, you know, happy, happy employees will deliver a much better experience to your customers than unhappy ones, right? It's, uh, it's really important to gauge your employees as much as you gauge uh, the sentiments of your customers. Um, at the end of the day, uh, we're all humans, uh, and, and we all have certain sentiments that uh, you know, we, we need to we need to be you know heard. We need to be listened to, and we need to be happy. And then if we're happy, we're going to service and provide a better customer experience to the people that that we that we serve. Um, you know, customers provide revenue, yes, but employees provide the mechanisms and ideas for driving that revenue, right? And sometimes these customers are also your employees. So mm-hmm. as collecting, measuring, and acting on sentiments become easier, it's only uh, natural and, in my mind, even important to embed experience management in the workplace and to use it in the same way that we do for customers, uh, not simply improve like certain HR processes, but to improve and elevate the entire human experience for both our customers as well as our employees. Thank you. Very important points, Kashif. I appreciate that. Roger Roney, I'm looking at prediction number two. We've got an important five-letter word called trust in here. You say machine learning can become seamlessly integrated into the decision-making process if retailers and consumers learn to trust its use. If it gives them information they expect, it will be trusted. If not, it won't. Tell me more, please, Roger. Bonnie, the, the two words that are really important there, and you identified the first one was trust, and the other mm-hmm. one is expect. And if okay. you think of expect in terms of reasonableness, um, then it makes some sense. If machine learning reads, meets our reasonable expectations about what the uh, re- output should be, I mean, we as human beings have intuitive senses about what's right and what's wrong. If it meets those reasonable expectations and provides us at the same time perhaps surprises, um, we will learn to trust that. But let me give you an example of when we don't trust that. Um, mm-hmm. There's a very famous machine learning cat meme where uh, artificial intelligence is looking at millions of photographs of dogs and cats and trying to figure out what it is that makes a cat unique and a dog unique so that they can say, this is a dog picture and this is a cat picture. Well, it turns out that in the early AI methodologies that have existed in the last couple of years, um, the machine learning and the AI decided that any picture that was taken indoors is probably a cat, and any picture taken outdoors probably a dog. Yeah. So it's a uh, uh, you, you, those are not expectations you expect, but you know, given the data, then that's what you would expect the algorithm to come up with. But what you're really looking for at the end of the day is for the cat pictures and the dog pictures to be accurately identified. 
Thank you very much. That's cool. Chip, I'm looking at prediction number two. This is an interesting one. I'm trying to pick the really unique ones because you all said such wonderful predictions. Chip says increased shopping. He predicts increased shopping through social media. Swipe up. How do we do that, Chip? So if you think, Bonnie, right now over the last two years, social media, I mean, shopping through social media hasn't hasn't been non-existent, right? But it's been very much powered through influencers, people who are um, posting out and getting paid to post out things that they're buying and and marketing. Um, But if you look at it kind of in two ways, one, the social media platforms have gotten more and more advanced in terms of their tie-ins to your ability to go buy products. used to be you were on a social media platform, you saw something you liked, you had to go into the the other company's website and then go buy it. No longer, if you're on Instagram, it's a very slick and easy feature. You swipe up, boom, automatically punches you out to the other website. You buy it in a couple clicks, and you're off of your day, right? And so I, I, I look to see that that's going to continue and continue to increase as a mechanism and a medium for, medium for people to, to purchase and consume. The other part around it is, is what tools have more personalized data about you than your social media? right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing more that knows your likes, your locations, your behaviors more than the social media platforms that we're on. So that integration between that data and the personalization that it can provide, and then the recommendations from product offerings that are out there and the efficiency to quickly procure them, uh, I, I see that only increasing. That sounds actually like a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Brian, I'm looking at prediction number four. This is a good one. According to a recent Salesforce study, 66% of consumers say they will pay more for a great experience. Oh, my goodness. Go ahead, Brian. How much are we going to pay and what constitutes a great experience, according to this research? Well, it's, isn't it an interesting comment? You know, retailers yeah. have been basically uh, trying to buy loyalty um, with promotions for the last decade. This really started in the Great Recession, and it continues to this day. But that doesn't build loyalty. People just have been trained to wait for the lowest price. Uh, we talk a lot to retailers about how to, how, to, how to win in this game, and actually there isn't a way to win in this game. There's only going to be one or two winners, and we know who they are. They're Amazon and Walmart. Um, the way to the way to actually build loyalty is to move the consumer away from thinking of price and availability as the only value drivers. One of the best value drivers we've been talking about this on this call is relevance, high relevance, and um, and and AI can help retailers deliver that. Re- consumers want relevant solutions. They're really interested in outsourcing a life problem to somebody that they can really trust whether it's putting the right meal on the table or getting the kids ready for school or getting uh, dressed up for the opening of the opera season or whatever it is the lifestyle problem is, consumers are very, very interested in, 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 in handing that problem over to somebody that they can really trust to solve their problem for them. And they'll pay a fair price for that. All the evidence is there. So um, to get away from price and availability, retailers have to complicate the value proposition by making it highly relevant to the consumer. Very interesting. Thank you. I I think there's a a sentiment that goes with that too, Brian, is I want to feel good. I want an easy experience. I think we're already doing that, many of us. I I know some people who shop for the best deal, the best price deal all the time. And then people like me at a certain stage in life say, I just want something. I want it here when I want it. I want the product exactly as I want it. I want to enjoy it. I want good customer service. I'm willing to pay a little bit more because I want it to be easy. 
and I want it to be nice. So I don't know. I think I'm already probably doing that. I'm thinking, thinking of all the money I'm spending that I'm not aware of. Gray Scott, let's go to your prediction number three. Let's see if we can squeeze in a couple more before we close. We've only got seven minutes left. Gray says, in the future, our data will include a digital twin of our bodies. As the shape changes, so will our data and shopping profile. Ooh, Gray, how often will that shape change? Is it based on whether we have too much pasta with sauce for dinner one night or whether we have too many chocolate milkshakes the next weekend? Tell me, how fast is our shape changing? Well, I think in the future what, what we're looking at is, um, you know, we, we will be scanned, um, whether that's in our home smart mirror. And like I said, that information will follow you. So as your shape changes, uh, so will your size uh, be preferences. Nice. So, for example, for men who go from a 32 waist to a 40, you know, 47 waist, that gets changed. You don't have to do anything to alter that. Um, you know, medical information, we, we also think about as we age, we have to change our shoes. You know, we can't mm-hmm. wear certain shoes as we age. And so mm-hmm. the preferences on our shoes are going to change. So medical conditions, just general health uh, and wellness is going to be tracked, and that's going to be part of this um, new retail experience. Thank you. You were very kind. <laughs> I'm, I'm living. What do you think I wear the little red suede booties when I drum? Because they, they accommodate the shape of my feet now. But they're still a size 6. That hasn't changed. I, I like to say that's one of the few parts that hasn't changed size. Okay, let's leave that alone. Uh, Kashif Karamatullah, let's go to your prediction number 4. Let's do briefly, what does this mean? You say we will see an explosion in digital commerce marketplaces that will activate an ecosystem of related and complementary products. What in the world does this mean? Take about 60 seconds for this, please, Kashif. Yeah, I think, I think we're seeing, you know, large manufacturers uh, going direct to consumer uh, or at least considering it as an add-on opportunity and capability, right? Why let Amazon sell all your stuff? Why let Netflix sell all your content, right? Um, today, they don't have any connection with the customers, with the end users of their product uh, because they go through a distributor network or a large retailer. So instead of having one-off brand.com, you know, commerce sites or websites, they're considering bringing in all the relevant and complementary products uh, to a, you know, to a place where they can sell not only their own product, but also their partner's products and sometimes even their competitors. Um, you know, it's, a, it's, it's really a vision that aligns with the service trend. Um, and it's just, it's just not a marketplace. It's another way to increase uh, services and improve the experience for your customers who are using your product at the end of the day. So we're seeing a trend in that uh, direction and more and more companies, especially manufacturers, are trying to put themselves in front of their customers um, while not necessarily, you know, uh, killing any ideas on, 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 on their distributor network or their retailer. So it's a slippery slope, but they're, you know, carefully treading it. Thank you very much, Roger. I think we can squeeze in one more. Your number four, experience matters. Retailers have struggled for years to understand just what customer-centric means. Experience management will make it crystal clear just what it really means. So what will it, What will they discover? Uh, Roger, just take 60 seconds, please. Uh, pretty simple. Uh, if you look at it from a category management perspective, uh, retailers have often looked at customer-centric in terms of 
what sells best. So they mm-hmm. will do their assortments based on uh, what market coverage is, and they will choose products based on their ability to cover more of the market. And they figure that since that's selling best, that that's what the customers want. But what they ignore is the fact that this, these products are what I as the retailer choose to sell you. And you as the consumer have to choose from amongst the products I have previously chosen. That's not product-centric, uh, customer-centric. That's product-centric. Customer-centric is in- involving experience and what people like, what they don't like, what works, what doesn't work, and gr- starting to look at category management, not in terms of product coverage, in terms of loss leaders and profit generators, et cetera, traffic builders, but in terms of the lifestyles of individuals within those groups. And they'll, they'll be adding strategies and replacing existing strategies with more customer-oriented strategies that are based on experience. And I think you will find then that as as retailers be, uh, work their assortments, that their assortments will be more based on what the customers are asking for rather than what I want to sell them. And that is what customer-centricity will really mean in the future. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, I have a quick call to action for our two sponsors for the Today Show, at today's show and then I'm going to do my shout-outs to all of you. So bear with me here. Zapier call to action right now. Through November, try Zapier free. Remember, that's where you can put all your apps together in a workflow without needing custom code or a developer. Free for 14 days. Go to our special link, Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash revolution. Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash revolution. Go there now. And QuickBooks, our new sponsor, welcoming them back again. Give into a QuickBooks a try. Paying your employees with QuickBooks payroll can save you an average of $600 a year. Learn more at intuit.me slash techrev. That's I-N-T-U-I-T dot M-E slash T-E-C-H-R-E-V. I want to say thank you to my five panelists. We really knocked a lot of predictions out of the park today. Gentlemen, I really appreciate your thought leadership, your savvy. Gray Scott, uh, Kashif, Ramatula, Roger Roney, Clip Click. You got to forgive me for this. Chip Klein Hexel. I got that. Brian Kilchorus. A shout out again to Carla Neal Slavin and Helen Thomas at Deloitte for introducing us to Kashif and welcoming Chip back. Ryan Treasure, my co-producer, Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire. And next week we're going to be talking about is your home spying on you, your smart home. Ooh, don't get all creeped out. It's right after Halloween. So I want to say thank you to everyone for joining us today. And let me just quickly go around the table. Yes or no answer. Is AI actually humanizing the shopping experience? Yes or no. Gray Scott, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Uh, who we got second? We've got Kashif Ramatula. Kashif, yes or no? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Roger Roney, yes or no? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Oh, we got a yes, ma'am. Okay. Chip Kleinhexel, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Brian Kilchoris, yes or no? Yes, indeed. Thank you. I like the yes, indeed. You've been listening to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Remember, the future of now hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen. Be part of it. Make it happen. Make it a good one. We'll talk to you next week right here on Technology Revolution, the future of now, now, now. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.